humans and welcome back to Honey Be Mindful, the podcast. We are in week two of our series, Break the Stigma, pretty much a series diving in on the stigma around mental health, mental illness, where it comes from, explaining the difference and the importance and the value they would have in our society today if we adopted some of these practices and pretty much breaking the stigma. So I'm going to share a little bit about my story today. I'm going to give you a preface of mental health versus mental illness and kind of the the difference between the two and the importance of understanding the difference between the two. We're going to dive deep into um, some myths and some some tactics on how to be more vulnerable, different things like that. I also noticed the last podcast after I already posted it and uploaded all those things, I realized how fast I was talking. I was talking so fast and when I get really passionate about something like this, uh, especially with this topic, and it's dear to my heart. I've had personal experience with it, so I get really passionate, and I start speaking really, really fast. I also felt a little bit of a brain fog that day, um, simply because I was overcoming being sick and stuff like that, so I was definitely just kind of in and out of it, but I had to get that episode recorded so I can get it up in time for you guys. I have my coffee with me. I encourage you to also get a coffee or your favorite beverage or your favorite snack and join join me as we dive into this topic. Also, I've been making cafe con leches and I have gotten really good at it. I'm not going to lie. Pretty good. So I'm really also excited because in not next episode, but the fourth episode, we're going to have a guest on the podcast. Uh, she's a She's a good friend of mine. She also has personal experience with this kind of thing. Our stories are similar, but also different in their own ways. Uh, Very unique. She has a very unique story, and I'm really excited for her to have the opportunity to share it with you all and to help also give her perspective and offer other points outside of um, what you guys have heard from me. So to start out, simply put, what we talked about last week is that mental health and mental illness are not the same thing. So... Mental health is the overarching umbrella under which mental illness can fall under. However, mental illness is usually a lack of mental health and a diagnosis upon that. It has a lot more, uh, it's it's a lot more intricate and a lot more delicate. Um, It's very complex. So mental illness has really a bunch of different ways that it can be originated and it can also encompass a bunch of different ways. It's not just one way for one person. It could be multiple things that are causing um, the individual to be diagnosed with a mental illness. However, nine times out of 10, it could be due to lack of mental health or taking care of your mental health or getting the help that you needed when trauma happened or getting the help that you need when you're experiencing these types of feelings or when life hits you and different stressors can affect you and a lot of different things. So mental illnesses come on a spectrum However, it can be a lot more complex because it is to a personal story. It's not just a uh, chemical imbalance or anything like that. It's, it's respecting someone's story and how they grew up and the experiences that they've had with life. If we were to say that mental health is mental illness, it's just like saying physical health equals physical illness, and that is not correct. So it affects the same part of you, so physical health and physical illness affects your body, it affects your physical being. However, they are not the same thing. They are connected and they are they are correlated with each other. 
Um, however, one is because of lack of the other. And we can't simply just say that mental health is mental illness because it would be like saying a physical health is like physical illness and that's not correct. So if we could just switch our perspective to see that mental illness is not mental health and vice versa, we would be able to understand it a little bit better so that when people say mental health, you would know that they're talking about the overall health of your mental state and your mental being of an individual. And when they talk about mental illness, you would understand that they're talking about something that was diagnosed on a spectrum that they're struggling with mentally that is causing them to not be able to have a, a normal functioning brain. So before I get into the thick of this, I am going to share with you guys where I come from, kind of my personal experience with mental health and mental illness, uh, mental disorders and all those types of things. The reason I'm very passionate about it is because I went a very, 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 very long time undermining my mental health um, because I felt like I needed to have a diagnosis to be able to say that I'm struggling. And it was really difficult for me to talk about my struggles if I wasn't diagnosed because I felt like that was going to validate why I'm struggling. But if I wasn't diagnosed with a mental illness, then it doesn't validate that I'm struggling because I shouldn't be struggling unless I'm actually diagnosed with an illness. I know this is kind of across the board. A lot of people have felt that way before. It could go even with eating disorders and different things like that. You feel like you have to be diagnosed with an eating disorder to talk about how you have an unhealthy relationship with food. You don't have to be diagnosed with something to talk about how you're struggling in this area. Remember that mental illness is on a spectrum. If you are diagnosed, it's simply because you need um, a specific kind of help. It could be medication. It could be a little bit more therapy. Regardless, I think that everyone could benefit from therapy, but I know it's a scary subject and it's really scary to be vulnerable about something and to put yourself out there or to even open up to your own community that's around you. I know that those things can be really scary. So I pretty much grew up and I have always kind of struggled with being happy in life and I would joke around I would always laugh through my pain as a kid however I wasn't the most liked person there was um, a group of girls that were really mean to me in elementary school through we had intermediate school which was like fifth and sixth grade it's very weird in Indiana so I grew up in Indiana um, and so I just I struggled a lot with trying to fit in I feel like I obviously you're awkward at that stage But even I noticed in elementary school I had a really difficult time fitting in and it was almost felt like from birth my identity was being attacked I never really fully knew who I was and that's something that I think every single person can relate to at some capacity and that feeling only grew because I never got the help I needed. I would laugh things off. I would almost act out of character. I would dress even more weird because I'm like, well, if I'm going to be seen as the weirdo, then I'm going to be the biggest weirdo they've ever seen. And I had this mindset that um, I truly was never going to fit in. And that is actually the truth. None of us are actually born to fit in. We were all born to stand out. We are all set apart as individual human beings. And it's a beautiful thing if we can accept that and run with the fact that there's only gonna be one you in your life forever. There is no other you that will ever exist, has ever existed, and does exist right now. You are the only you. And that is such a beautiful thing that we undermine and we try and find, we try and change ourselves or shortchange or try and be more than who we are or less than who we are just to try and fit into some societal acceptable uh, being. So regardless of that, I pretty much 
that feeling only grew into middle school, which is when I moved to uh, Florida. And that was sixth grade. And that, I think, was pretty much every single child's uh, identity crisis age. And that was my big identity crisis age. I really, I moved here and I couldn't understand why I just couldn't fit in. I tried to find the clothes that they were wearing. I would try and wear the clothes. Maybe I wasn't wearing it right. There was literally, it just felt like there was something about me. Uh, a little bit was me projecting my own insecurities onto them, thinking that they were seeing me the way that I was seeing myself actually. And then other times it actually was them seeing me a certain way and I just couldn't comprehend how I wasn't accepted. So I pretty much started hanging out with the other people that weren't accepted and I got into the wrong crowd. This caused me to develop um, an addiction to self-harm, an addiction to substance abuse, and I really had this negative, negative, negative mindset. I pretty much did not want to live and I, I couldn't comprehend how I was actually making it from day to day and how dark it got, but there was just, I just felt something like, there has to be more to life than this. There has to be more than what I'm going through right now. And it lasted all the way from sixth grade to ninth grade, my self-harm addiction and my substance abuse. Well, I guess my substance abuse didn't start until uh, mostly ninth grade. So I didn't have too long of a time with substance abuse until I got myself out of it. Um, however, self-harm was a really big part of my life. And even just the the, the thought processes that I had, the, the thought patterns that I had. It got to some really, really dark places. I idolized death, but I also didn't want to die at the same time. It was very complex. Um, so it got down to ninth grade, and that is when I heard about Jesus. It was the end of ninth grade. We just went into summer, and I, long story short, ended up accepting Jesus and hearing the gospel for the first time and what Jesus actually did for me. And I started learning about this man back in history that I thought, I've heard of Jesus before. I knew about the whole God thing, but I didn't understand it fully and I never tried to understand it. And this was the first time in my life that I really tried to understand who God is, what this whole Jesus thing is, because I was so desperate for some sort of light, for some sort of life to come into me. And the day that I accepted Jesus, this is actually, if you guys are a, a video watcher, this is um, a tattoo on my arm. It says set apart. And then it was the date that I was saved, which was June 4th, 2014. Um, and that was the day that my life changed forever for good. And there were some trials that have really hit me hard, but I've had an answer and I've had uh, somewhere a safe haven to run to. So basically ninth grade, is uh well technically i guess it was soft the beginning of sophomore year because it was the summer after ninth grade that i accepted jesus and started learning about who this man was and started allowing him to transform me from the inside out and i can't uh prove any other thing to you other than my changed life that's the only testimony that i can give you is that i am not the same person that i was um you know, seven years ago. That is a completely different person. And the only way that I can explain it is that there's something out there that is bigger than me, that is beyond me, that has completely transformed my life. And I believe that that is God. I believe that that is a being that wants to have a relationship with me and wants me to live a life worthy of my calling and um, to be a safe place in the meantime and to help others understand that this is not the end all be all, that there is more to life. 
So that is not the end of my testimony. This is really where the meat comes in because though I struggled with mental health before, I, I was never really diagnosed with anything. I just, I knew I struggled with depression. I knew that anxiety was a big part of my life from a very, very young age. And I just didn't feel like I could talk about it still. Even being a Christian, there was, and that's my whole point of this series pretty much is how can we be believers? How can we believe in Jesus that is healing, that is loving, that is all these things and still struggle with our mental health? How can how can we break the stigma? Because I noticed that the mental health and mental illness stigma is actually higher in the church community than it is in the normal world community. So I couldn't comprehend how I said yes to Jesus. I had a great like six months of like absolutely nothing. I completely stopped self-harming. I, to this day, have not self-harmed since I accepted Jesus, since the day that I accepted Jesus, which is absolutely insane. So I do believe that he is, um, he can break chains, he can heal us on the spot. I believe in that fully. However, for my mental state, I've actually had to walk out in a process. And that process has actually drawn me closer to Jesus rather than further away from him because I'm not healed on the spot, quote unquote, like most people would like to be healed on the spot when they're, you know, talking about Jesus and how he's a healer and all these different things. However, pain shapes us. Pain is actually something that a diamond has to go through. It has to be chiseled away. It has to go through pain to become the beautiful diamond that it is. There's so many different ways that processes can actually teach us. And I think that if it wasn't for the process that I've, I'm continuing to walk through to this day, I don't think that my relationship with Jesus would be as strong as it is because I've experienced him I've experienced him on a deeper more intimate level because he's been a part of me walking out this struggle and it's actually given me a voice um, to talk about mental health and mental illness and to advocate for those that are in the church that don't know how to talk about these things because we tend to over spiritualize things and we forget that we're also living in a very physical broken body while we're here on this earth and it's not just like we're spirits floating around and we, if we can understand how to deal with our spiritual being as well as our physical being we are literally two separate entities if we could understand this then we would able we would be able to be excellent with the bodies that God's given us in this time so that is what I'm here to talk about and that is what I'm passionate about so that did not end my struggle with my mental health or my mental illness in fact it only got worse when I accepted Jesus and I know that that might feel controversial or might feel like um, Debbie Downer However, it's so, so, so important to remember that you don't have to overcome something to, to talk about it, to discuss it. And I think that the process is so important and true vulnerability lies where you, where you open up and you talk about something that you're dealing with or that you're struggling with as you walk through it rather than saying that you've overcome this and this is who you are now. That is a testimony and that is a beautiful, amazing thing. I think that that is also vulnerability, but I also think we should break the stigma that we have to be this 
person as a Christian or as a follower of Jesus that we have to be and have this persona that we can only talk about something once we've overcome it. We can only talk to maybe like one or two leaders or we have to keep it very quiet or like talk about it in discipleship meetings or like just different things like that where we we're building relationships with people and we can only talk about it when we actually overcome it. And I think that that's a lie. There's a beautiful thing with being a human. And if we take away our humanity and our ability to talk about something, it makes us seem more than others and others are less than. And it's almost like we're manipulating our story into boosting our ego as if we're strong and as if we've made it through this because we're opening up after the fact. So I think there is a time and place for things and I do feel that um, God is a healer and he can heal you on the spot and testimonies are amazing and if you aren't aware of how to share them before you've walked through them then it's it's easy for you to just feel like oh like yeah this was my testimony yada 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 and then it's almost like we're like that's our testimony so if we go through anything else we can't share it because that we already said our testimony was over here but really our testimony is continuing until the end of the age until we take our final breath our testimony and our story doesn't end and our story is all for the glory of God to help other people and to share with them and to let them know that they're not alone. What is the point of living this life if we aren't helping people? The greatest thing we could do, and that's what I talked about in the scripture at the end of the last podcast, was the greatest thing any of us could do is love God with all of our heart and love others as we love ourselves. And if we don't, first of all, learn how to have a relationship with the creator of relationships, our relationships are going to be troubled and broken, just like every single one of us, because we're all human. Not a single one of us is greater or less than the other. And if we don't learn how to have a better relationship with ourselves in the process, we will never be able to have a relationship with other people that can be productive and last long and be true love. And of course that we're going to be humans and we're going to break things and we're going to go through things. And there's going to be several things that we do as humans that can be hurtful. However, it's not about staying there. It's about growing from those things and having a different lens and a different perspective on them. So yeah, to sum this up a little bit quicker, I, I keep trailing off into other points that I'm trying to make as I speak about these things, but essentially, I'm still to this day struggling with my mental health and breaking old thought patterns. And I was just recently diagnosed about a year ago with um, generalized anxiety disorder. And I, upon that diagnosis, I was given the choice to make take medication or basically just continue living with it. And there was no other option. It was just either you can take medication or you're just gonna have to live with this because I had already done a lot of EMDR therapy, which basically takes all of the trauma um, and you remember all of it, but it basically puts, stores it in your logical thinking rather than your emotional subconscious where you have no control and it causes your decision thinking and your uh, decision making logical thinking to all be skewed because it's based off of trauma and your emotional subconscious and you're not able to see a situation as not a threat. So basically we EMDR, it takes it over to your logical thinking. It's crazy how your brain just knows how to do this as this method is being done and it moves over into your logical thinking so that you can remember these things and use 
use the pain and use the trauma to actually make better decisions and logical decisions rather than letting it guide your emotional subconscious and you you start acting out and doing things and you're not sure why you're doing these things. So I did a lot of EMDR therapy on some trauma that I had gone through and basically after that we realized that my anxiety was kind of still there and so the diagnosis was that okay You've worked through all your trauma. This is no longer trauma related. This is actually just how your brain is wired. And so the diagnosis was given to me and it was my choice to either live with this for the rest of my life or take medication for it. And neither one of those sounded good to me. Not because I'm against medication or anything like that. I actually think it's very beneficial and very helpful and it was a decision that I had to make. However, I personally felt like I didn't have enough time to work on the tools myself and to see if I can actually manage my anxiety and work with it as it lessens and continue to, because it's not like I can go to EMDR therapy, get all this trauma done and walk out my life and be a changed person. Now I have tools in my belt, which is essentially what therapy is supposed to do for you is to give you tools in your belt so that you can walk out this life so that you can you can use those tools as you go through life that are is professional tools that I think would benefit every single person if we knew these tools that I want to share with you guys um, probably uh, next week when we talk about how you can have this for yourself. So therapy is essentially not the end-all be-all. You go to a therapist for years and years and years until you know they have helped you through everything in your life it's a therapist is simply there to give you tools so that you no longer need them to use tools but you get strong enough to use the tools on your own outside of therapy and you can go try it for yourself however therapy is not just a one-size-fits-all i think that there's several different lanes of therapy that are great for every single person emdr might not work for you Uh, It did work for me with trauma things and the amount of time that you spend in therapy is not a one-size-fits-all. Sometimes you need years, sometimes you need six months, sometimes you just needed one session just to clean some things up and to talk things out. It's different for every single person. However, the main goal in therapy is to give you tools in your belt that you can then walk out and use them in your everyday life to to become overall overall a lot more well-rounded in the mental health uh, in the mental illness area because your your mental state is something that you can't see so when it feels like there's something happening up there it's really easy to say oh it's all in my head it's all in my head and it's true it is all in your head in your head specifically and you're the only one that can really know what's going on and so we need tools so that we can navigate this life and use our brains and use our bodies the way that we were designed to use them and it's actually really cool learning how god has called our has made us and designed us intricately with all these different things and the way that our mind is supposed to work and the way that our bodies are supposed to work but we live in a fallen world and that means that those things are going to be broken those things are going to be messed up and that's not an act of god it's an act of the sin that we live in and the the life that we that we have here on this earth this isn't perfection nothing is perfect here but while our time is here this is for us to be excellent with our bodies and the bodies that god has given us and we can actually learn how to have an amazing life here and help other people to do the same and to help them along these struggles and there's nothing wrong with saying that you have a a mental health struggle it's just like saying like 
you know, I worked out a little too hard and I'm really sore now, so I don't I don't think I could I can go longboarding with you guys or whatever. You have to like decline something. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Same exact thing with your mental health. You know, I'm actually really tired today. I'm just I'm struggling a little bit mentally and I don't think I can go out with you guys today. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean like, oh, you're struggling or anything like that. And I've had a lot of hurt in the the Christian family and the 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 church community because there is such a stigma on mental health and there's been some people that have been absolutely amazing but there's also been some really hurtful things that are being said that I realize okay they just don't understand uh mental health they don't understand what this side of us is we have a very physical body and when you can't like we said last week when you can't understand or comprehend something that you can't see it makes you feel uncomfortable so it's usually suppressed or neglected which is a lot of times with our mental health because the only person that can quote unquote see what's going on inside of your brain is the individual and if you try and talk it out with someone else or maybe it's a continuous feeling that won't go away and it almost feels like you're a broken record and it's embarrassing to keep talking about it because people just kind of neglect you because you've said it before you've said it before oh that's just who she is oh that's just that's just Lexi you know she just kind of struggles and stuff like that and it's really difficult to hear those things and the most important thing that we can do is to not be discouraged by those things there are there are people out there and this is the most important thing I think I'm actually going to talk about this later if I look at my notes here but Regardless, there are every single person was designed with a different capacity to care. And it's not greater than or less than just because of their capacity. Some people have the capacity to drop everything that they're doing and be there for you. And other people, they don't have that capacity. And I have to admit that there's been times that I'm so shot that I do not have the capacity to be there for someone like I usually know that I can because I'm shot myself and I'm so exhausted or I'm just drained. And that's okay and there's different people come and go and different seasons calls for different relationships to blossom and it's it's like we look at these things and we're like wow like I really wish things were the way that they used to be with this person but we have to accept that no they're actually going to get better that relationship has served its purpose and it was meant to be there for that specific amount of time and now we're moving on and building new relationships with new people and it can be a painful thing to Um, accept in the moment but once we get to that part where we accept that things have changed and that people come and go and thank god for that relationship as we move on to blossom new relationships because there's constantly things happening in lives and we're all impacting each other on other on so many different levels and if we can comprehend that you know, maybe they just don't have the capacity to care for or or meet my needs because we all have needs. It's important to meet your friends' needs and be there for them. But if you don't talk about your needs, then it's really hard for other people to meet them. So it's important to talk about your needs. But however, we have to respect the people that we're talking to. And if they can't meet those needs and that's not in them, that is not on them. That's just simply, it's just a new season of life. And you can still have a relationship with that person unless they're putting you down or it's not someone that's supportive or you know something like that that's a different story but regardless in a general situation that um we have to respect their capacity to care at this moment right now and if they can't care the way that you need care 
then that's when it's we develop new relationships with other people it's not that they're abandoning you or anything like that it's just that they don't have that capacity at this moment they're probably going through their own thing and that's totally absolutely fine and we have to respect each other in those moments because it can be really hard to put out when you're not being fed and when you're not being filled and it's really easy in the christian community or in the believing community even in in uh normal society it's really easy to feel like you're not heard when you're talking about mental illness because i think across the board it's usually neglected because it makes other people feel uncomfortable so you have to find those people which can feel exhausting and it feels like it's unfair sorry my camera just stopped recording and i'm not exactly sure where that stopped at but i will figure that out when i edit it but anyway so i want to get into the meat of all of this and i have some notes here because i want to make sure i stay on track Uh, I wanted to spend most of the time talking about my story just so you guys know where I'm coming from and uh, so I can relate to you guys and because we all have a story and that's one of the most important things that we're going to talk about today is the the problem in the mental health institution and the mental health care system right now is that they're taking the the individual story away from them and they're smacking a label and letting that be them and it's it's a number it's a you know it's a diagnosis that is who this individual has become and that is so wrong. And so I feel like I want to bring light to that stigma as well because the stigma also comes from the mental health care system. So mental health, as we talked about, is the foundation for all the other pieces of our health. And mental illness is a diagnosis due to the lack of mental health or other reasons like chemical imbalances, biology, etc. There's plenty of other things that go into mental illnesses, but mental health is just a general description of someone's state of being, and it's different for each person. It could be bad, good, mediocre, it could be all these different, it ranges. Um, However, same thing with mental illness, but mental health is pretty much just the broad spectrum that we're talking about of someone's state of being. So nine times out of ten, when someone is diagnosed with a mental illness, it usually becomes the individual's identity and it's really easy for that to happen i know that anxiety when i was officially diagnosed i've dealt with other things in my life like self-harm and uh depression and all these other things that i've dealt with however when i was actually diagnosed with it it almost felt like it became who i was and i just lexi who has anxiety it felt like it needed to become like a tagline of my name when i introduced myself which is so wrong but what we have to remember and what can liberate us from these feelings is that we do not equal our mental illness or our mental state so no matter where your mental state is at that is not who you are that is just where you're at at this moment but that is not you as a whole that is not you as an individual and that does not define who you are as a person so the issue that we're we're pretty much finding out is that in society we have developed i know that they're doing a lot uh, a little bit different things with modeling and stuff like that where we have uh different body types to do modeling however it used to be this one size fits all european style blonde hair blue eyes or these really really skinny models that would basically define the socially acceptable way that you should look and It caused anyone that doesn't have that body, which is a very unrealistic body type, to feel less than and to feel as if they are not societally acceptable. Uh, And that's the same exact thing that we're finding with the studying of the brain. We are learning so much about the brain and psychiatry and uh, psychology and all these different neuroscience um, and studies of the brain. And we're, we're developing so 
much knowledge that we have almost made the society societal acceptable brain. So just like they made the the social media and the modeling agency has said you have to look like this this is exactly what we should look like in life and there's like this um there's this unrealistic standard that we're supposed to meet and we've basically done that with with the brain we've we've developed this okay so this is what a healthy brain should look like and we've developed this model and of of what a normal brain should be and the standard of a brain that anything that's abnormal or outside of this normal brain is actually something is wrong with it and it needs to be treated and this is why we are going almost in the wrong direction with the mismanagement of our mental health because mental health and mental illness has always been around like we talked about in week one in the introduction and different things like that it's been it's always been around but the difference is that this is the first generation that has had such a bad uh, mismanagement of our mental health and we're looking for microwave things that can happen instantly and instead of looking for a process like our brains were wired to do which is we learn information we apply it to our life we learn information we apply it to our life and that happens as we grow up it can be um, negative and toxic patterns that we need to unlearn and it can also be things that we need to learn now and our brain likes to learn new information and apply it we're now we're jumping straight to solutions and we're we're medicating our processes which medication can be um, helpful and I do think that there are some people that might have to be on medication for the rest of their lives it's different for every single person but regardless our mental health is something that we should always strive to work on mental illness and mental health are separate we have to remember that and we have to keep them separate and mental health is something that we always have to, we're learning new information, we're applying it to our life, we're learning new information, we're applying it to our life, and different things like that, and sometimes we have to get therapy for unlearning some things like I talked about. However, the problem is that we are we have developed this normal, what a normal brain, quote unquote, should look like, and anything outside of that is abnormal and needs treatment, which is exactly what we've done in society for years and years and years, and it never worked for the standard of living that everyone should live up to we've learned that that does not work and that's not acceptable and we've made changes in that area but in the psychology and psychiatry in the study of the brain the neuroscience of it we are basically doing the same exact thing it's just flipped so i'm going to read my notes here um this type of treatment removes the individual from their story and their life experience and rather than working through their specific story on a specific brain track made for the individual based on biology and environment and the story we've suppressed diagnosed and trying to fit their brain into the socially normal type of brain we've designed for what a healthy individual should look like remember quote unquote should look like and instead of giving people a brain track according to their story, their life experiences, we are disrespecting the individual's life story and experiences and diagnosing them with something and putting them on a one-size-fits-all track to healing their brain when their story needs to be respected and they need to find a specific brain track for them. Every single brain is differently wired with different memories and different different things that have happened over the course of our entire lives and we're suppressing all of it and moving forward as if none of that happened and the story is being completely disrespected and not considered in in the diagnosis or in the the work of getting healthier and uh, becoming more mentally stable 
And that's something that if you feel like you have become this mental disorder or you have become, or you feel so alone, you feel like you can't open up or anything like that, that your story deserves to be acknowledged and respected and talked about. It, it has weight and value to who you are as a person. Your experiences are huge and who you are encompasses your environment and everything that you've gone through. It does happen with biology, yes, but we can't focus on just biology. It's environment. It's the way that you grew up. It's toxic thinking traits or positive thinking traits that have formed who you are today and the experiences that you have went through. Okay, so... I just went and got my book, and this is the book that I told you all about last week. It's called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Those of you that are video watchers right now, you can see what the cover looks like. I highly suggest getting this book. I'm also going to talk about next week um, the app that goes along with the book that can help you uh, stay on track with the neurocycle and breaking your toxic thinking traits that is what this book is basically teaching. But Regardless, I'm going to read this paragraph on page 40 if you have the book or if you end up getting the book and you can refer back to this. It's going to be on page 40 and it says, Hard work and suffering shape us. Adversity builds strength. Suppression makes things worse and will rear its ugly head at some point in our lives, mentally or physically or both. And if we try to rush the process, we can impede our growth and development as human beings. When we accept this truth, we can then begin to focus on how to do the hard work in the most effective way possible. We will spend less energy on constantly trying to make quick fixes work, an exhausting and disheartening endeavor, and more energy on actually addressing and reconceptualizing the root toxic issue. So I feel like so many times that we undermine the process and we undermine hard work and moving forward and it does feel unfair because it's like we spent our lives being traumatized or had things happen to us that are out of our control and it's up to us to spend the rest of our lives healing from it so it can feel very unfair and it can get us in this um the the victim mindset of not wanting to work through anything because it's not your fault uh, however, it's in those moments that I have to remind myself of the people that I've hurt along the way because hurt people hurt people, but healing people help people. And that's who we want to become. So it takes hard work and it, it's nothing good comes easy. And so that's where the hard work happens. It's the chiseling away at the diamond to form it into this beautiful gem. And that's what our focus has to be on. So if we switch our mindset into understanding that vulnerability and sharing our story is courageous and takes great strength and speaks volumes to the majority that are silently suffering. There are so many people out there that are silently suffering that need to hear your story, that need to hear what you've walked through and what you're walking through. There is so much strength and it takes courage to be vulnerable and to open up and we, we disregard that and we minimize that and we try and boost our egos and make it look like we have everything together but every single one of us is trying to figure out life and every single one of us has different factors that play and we impact each other on a level that we have we don't even comprehend every single decision that we make is like a chain reaction to the people around us and it's so important to focus on the hard work and to keep going if you are struggling with managing your mental health and keeping up with your mental health, or maybe you've been diagnosed with a mental illness and you've been on this diagnosis for a while, you have to know that you are not alone. The biggest lie 
is that you're alone. This is going to be forever. No one's going to ever understand me. I'm the crazy one in the group. There's so many different lies that we can believe because it's all in our heads, basically, and that can make anyone feel absolutely insane and completely disregard yourself, but your story matters. You are not a number and you matter. Your life has purpose and has value and has weight and so does your story and the struggles and the hardships that you faced. Those all have weight and they carry into other people's lives and they can be of value to other people. And it's important to be vulnerable and to talk about these things and to say where you've been and say where you are and to be able to admit that you don't have it all together is actually more strength than walking around with a mask on trying to say that you have it all together. That's an ego boost that's feeding our pride, but it's not really feeding the strength and vulnerability that we can have that can impact lives on a deeper level. We walk around trying to act like we have it all together. That's when we hurt people and people compare themselves and that's what's causing the stigma as it is because we all walk around with this mask on thinking that if they, if they think I have it all together, then everything will be fine. I won't have to talk about it because it can also make you feel uncomfortable to talk about it. But if we can become more comfortable with these feelings and these emotions and these topics, there is such power in changing the stigma and liberating so many other people that are struggling, especially those in the Christian community or those with faith that are not being healed on the spot it's really easy to disregard the process because you believe in a God that can heal on the spot. However, you're still walking out this process and it can feel like you're not being healed, but it says that by his stripes, you are healed. And it says that that is who you are. That is the person that you are. And the fact is that you are walking out this and you're, you might be struggling. Like even me, I have moments of deep anxiety. I have intrusive thoughts sometimes. There's, there's different things that can happen to us in life that can cause these waves of emotions or they can cause these, these um, mental illnesses to surface or our mental health to decline a little bit. When in reality, the truth of these facts is that by his stripes, we are healed. And that's the hope that we can hold on to while we live this temporary life. And the one thing that I think holds everyone back from opening up is believing the lie that you are in fact a burden and that is such a lie you are not a burden you are a human worthy of being loved and cared for and if you open up about these things and these people do not respect you for it that is just a simple way of okay i need to find a new group of people and sometimes the people that we want to love and accept us don't love and accept us and that's a really 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 difficult pill to swallow however it's something that we have to accept in order to move forward and to continue our healing process we can't let those people or those events or those things cause us to not blossom into the human that we're called to be and we also have to remember that if someone does something different than you, it doesn't make it wrong. There are very hurtful things that happen in this life. However, when it comes to healing or when it comes to these things, like I said earlier, some people have the capacity to care on levels that are absolutely amazing and other people have more, it's not necessarily shallow, but it's just less capacity to care and that's just the way that they were wired and we, the faster we can accept that, the faster we can actually get the help that we need and build the relationships that we need in our life to create that balance and create that stability. 
So just remember that every single person has grown up with a story, just like you want your story to be respected. We have to respect other people's story because it's a paradigm. Neither one of us are right or wrong based off of how we do things because we've grown up with different stories, different experiences, and different things that we've gone through. Therefore, we can't really knock someone for the way that they have healed through something or the way that they have felt about something or maybe you talking about it makes them feel uncomfortable and that's not your problem at all but it's also not their problem that's simply the way that they were wired and it's simply it's it's actually nicer to have it be that blunt and right in front of your face so that you can move forward and go to the people and build the community around you that can be a great support system for you specifically this is something that I want to really end this whole podcast with is that you can be struggling with a mental illness and still work on your mental health. It's so important to remember that they are not the same thing. They are interconnected, they coexist together. However, you can be struggling with a mental illness and still work on your mental health and still be a part of a healthy process and on a brain track specifically for you that will help you maintain your mental health as you struggle with this mental illness and there's going to be different things that pull in different areas physical health and what you eat and what you feed yourself uh, on social media it could be your workouts what you eat all these different things play factors into your mental health as well because they usually are whatever is kind of happening outside of you is usually a reflection of your mental state and it can be I'm going to read this last little paragraph here. It says, Mental health is something all individuals can learn and grow in daily with new life experiences and new information learned. You don't have to let a mental illness define your mental health and state of being. We are all striving to find balance wherever we land on the spectrum and no one is less than or greater or defined by the spectrum because we do not equal our mental illness or our diagnosis. It's not who we are as a person. And I want to end with what I talked about earlier. Vulnerability is courageous. It's an act of strength. And remember that you don't have to be through something to talk about something. That's a huge, huge stigma I know for the Christian community and the believing community is that you can't talk about it until you've overcome it. Uh, That goes with looks and just image and so many wrong things. But remember that you can talk about something and if it's trauma, if you've dealt with something and you have to have the same conversation over and over and over again, that's okay. There is toxic patterns that you've learned for however many years that you're alive and unlearning them off of one conversation is so unrealistic. It takes time and it takes conversation after conversation to unlearn these things that we've learned. If you've been learning something for a year, unlearning it could take a year long, it could be immediate. But if you've been learning something for say 45 years of your life and you're trying to unlearn that right now, you're gonna have to have conversation after conversation. I do believe that God can heal on the spot. But if he's calling you to a process, it's only for your benefit and it's for your good. It's not a reflection of him wanting to torture you. That's not who God is. I believe that he is loving and he has a plan for you and that plan is a process to walk through and to come closer to you and reveal more of who he is in that process. And I have developed such a great relationship with who he is just because of the simple process that he has walked through with me. So my closing thoughts is Matthew 22, 36 through 39. And this is the same exact thing that I closed with last week. However, I felt like it was so powerful and a great reminder for every single one of us that I wanted to close with it again. 
And remember the greatest thing you can do is to love God with all your heart and love others as you love yourself. So that is pretty much all I have for you guys today. We are going to dive a little bit deeper next week into the process and the principles that can help you get out of this and getting the help that you need, how you can have this health in your mental state for yourself and how it can help you to build a better relationship with the creator of the universe and how amazing he is and, and how specific he is. So I hope this encouraged you. Remember that you are not your mental state. You are not your diagnosis. You are a beautiful human worthy of your story being respected. You are seen, you are heard, you are deeply loved and deeply valued. Your life has so much purpose and so much weight. And if we could remember that vulnerability is a strength and it's courageous, it's an act of courage to share your story and to be vulnerable with one another as you're walking through something, that is when we can see this world changed. I truly believe that there is a, another level of vulnerability that we are this generation is walking into and it's impacting the generations around us and it's impacting the world essentially around us and the way that the world will function after this generation moves on i firmly believe that um and the next generation will be set up to make an even greater impact so that is all i have for you guys thank you so much for joining in i know this was a little bit longer of a podcast however i didn't want to shortchange anything and Uh, I wanted to make sure I spoke the fullness of this uh, podcast and gave you guys the information that I think that this series is worthy of giving. So we'll be continuing with week three next week. I'm super excited to have that with you guys. And for now, I will talk to you guys later. If you want to join and be a bigger part of this family, I'm available on Patreon as Honey Be Mindful, which is a way to more intimately support this family on a financial uh, stability basis where you receive benefits. I'm also on Instagram as Co. on YouTube as Lexi Dahlia, and on TikTok as HoneybeMindful. I'm coming out with a website soon, so I'll have that, which will be a hub for everything, and you can find the podcast there and all different types of links on how you can join and be a bigger part of this family, but um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night, evening, day, whatever time it is for you guys, and I will see you guys in the next one.